0: Scripture reading today comes from James 5, verse 13 through 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins."
1: So we are working our way through the book of James and today is the last part of this series we have called Front Row Seat. Um, We've been working our way through this very Powerful letter that was written by Jesus's younger brother. Um, The English translations gave him the name James. Most people would have found his name written Jacob. But this younger brother of James um, gave a lot of stuff to chew on, a lot of practical advice. Remember, he was one who saw Jesus from um, a very upfront and personal way. He had a unique perspective on Jesus's life and ministry and death, and then was instrumental in the um, the church taking root um, during his entire life. And so um, he gives us a lot. He, teach, he borrowed a lot of the words that Jesus shared um, on the Sermon on the Mount and other settings. Um, he gave a lot of of very practical advice. And here we find he concludes his letter to all the churches, all of the the churches that have become established, um, the Jewish audience that he had um, and these believers. And he concludes this letter with a teaching on healing. And I'm excited to share about healing. And I've been praying in preparation for this message that the Lord would indeed heal those of you who are in need of a healing. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would uh, be, you know, would would empower a touch on your body, um, a touch on your heart, a touch on your relationships, whatever is needing to be healed. And we're going to look at some of the key elements that James gives us related to healing. Um, the first thing we're gonna observe um, from this scripture is that healing requires our eyes aimed up. Healing requires our eyes aimed up. It starts off in verse 13 of James five. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing Psalms. We find two different, um, very uh, different experiences going on. That's being called out. It says, is anyone suffering? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Sing psalms. We, we find here this calling that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of whether it's positive or negative, regardless of whether it feels good or it feels bad, whether it's joy filled or it's challenging, no matter the circumstances, look up and seek the Lord. That's what we're called to here. Um, This posture, posture of our eyes aimed up, the posture of our focus is to be aimed at the Lord, to be aimed at Jesus himself. It's kind of a very similar fashion to the posture of our commitment in marriage. Um, You've probably been to a few wedding ceremonies, probably your own. And in those ceremonies, we find vows given. And these vows sound something like this, Um, you know, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, in good times and bad times, um, we find these statements that no matter what's going on, your commitment is always solid. It doesn't matter whether someone's sick or someone's healthy in marriage. It doesn't matter if they're rich or they're poor. It doesn't matter if it's good times or bad times. All of these times you still have this posture of commitment. I am committed to you no matter what. And our aim, our focus, regardless of what your body is experiencing or whatever's going on inside your life, you have this posture of my eyes are aimed at Jesus. Healing requires that our eyes are aimed at Jesus now I want to talk about two different aspects of this kind of healing. First of all, our eyes aimed at Jesus as a preventative healing, a preventative healing. This is something that will help you before you're sick before you're hurt, before you've got the need of the healing, is if your eyes are aimed at Jesus, you are going to avoid certain aspects of of, of pain and sickness and everything. Um, When our focus is elsewhere, when our focus is off Jesus, there's many entanglements that can come into your life. And I'm going to say unnecessarily come into your life. Um, um, walk with me with this for a little bit. I know that some of you might be all of a sudden going, "Now, what's he talking about here?" I'm not saying all sickness is your fault or because your eyes are off Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Because sickness has come into our bodies, uh, and and we had nothing to do with it. We we caught something unknowingly, or just something just took place. So don't don't you need to hear this whole entire teaching because. There are things in our life that when our, f- our focus gets off Jesus, we can get entangled in things that do indeed bring on some of our sicknesses. Um, for instance, when your eyes are off Jesus and you start looking to things such as addictive substances, addictive substances will can bring into your body illness that wouldn't have been brought into your body if you had not got entangled into the addictive substance. If you're, if you're smoking or if you're, you know, drinking your, uh, self too much and you're, you get alcohol poisoning. And some of these things, we choose things sometimes that bring about sickness. Um, if we decide to hold on to unforgiveness, it can bring about an anxiety that can cause or trigger our bodies to become sick. Um, if we are, um, f- stressed out at work, stressed out about things and not offering things to the Lord, not taking in our, 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 times of of prayer and trusting the Lord, but rather holding it in. Stress can bring about sickness into our bodies. If we choose to engage in promiscuous sexual relationships, there's a decent chance you are inviting disease into your body. You see, we can make choices that invite sickness into our body. And so that's why I say here that our eyes fixed on Jesus can become a preventative healing. We can avoid the need for certain healings simply because our eyes were on him and we rejected pieces of life that can bring sickness into our body. Again, I'm not saying all sickness is because of our own sinful behavior, but some is, some of the things we can ward off simply by having our eyes fixed on Jesus, Um, eyes aimed up as a therapeutic healing. Now, let's say that sickness or disease has come into our body. How do our eyes fixed on Jesus or aimed at him? How can that bring about healing? into our bodies after we are sick, regardless of how or why we have the sickness. Well, you and I, we always go to the right kind of practice, the right kind of professional, depending on the needs that we have. If you, uh, you know, have, uh, legal work that needs to get done, then you're gonna go to a lawyer. You're not going to go uh, you know, to a plumber to get legal advice. You're gonna go to a lawyer to get legal advice. If you've got need for auto work, well, you're gonna go to a mechanic. If you've got need for teeth work, then you're gonna go to a dentist or an orthodontist. If your pet needs some sort of fixing up, you're gonna go to a veterinarian. Podiatrist, you're gonna go to get feet work done. A neurologist will help you with something going on in the brain, etc. You get my point. We go to people who have a a level of expertise and experience in the area of need that you need to address. Wouldn't it make sense that if we are having issues in our body and we have need of healing, that we would turn our attention and we would go to the creator designer who knows everything about your body and your problem. You see, the Lord is your designer. He is your creator. He put every joint, every nerve, every, uh, you know, every piece of who you are that makes. you you. He put it in you. He knows exactly um, how you were designed and he knows exactly how your body ought to function. So when we have our eyes fixed on him, we are going to the the most elite professional on your need. You see, a healing is a supernatural intervention that breaks in and adjusts the natural progression of what's going on. So when we are sick, we have got this natural progression going on in our body that ultimately will kill us, right? When we've got a cancer working in our body or we've got some other issue. The natural progression of that disease is that it's going to take you down. And so when we go to the Lord, we're asking for him to supernaturally intervene in this natural progression of what's going on in our body. You see, God set life in motion. He set things in motion and things live and things die and are welcomed into heaven. This is the natural progression. But sometimes he chooses to intervene in this natural course of life and to bring healing. And so when we pray and when our eyes are fixed on him, we are asking him to supernaturally intervene and change what's naturally going on in our body sin also was involved and set the natural progression of sickness and disease and ultimately death. You see, that is part of the curse. When Adam and Eve sinned and every one of us sinned that followed, what ends up happening is the consequences of sin is death. The natural consequences of sin in this world is that we are appointed to live once and then to die. It is just the natural progression of life. And those sins that I'm talking about are related not only to ones that you commit yourself, but also what's committing around you all the time. And all of it has put in motion this series of living and getting sick and dying. It is part of the curse. It is part of the world we live in. And yet sometimes the Lord chooses to intervene into the natural progression that's set in motion. And he does heal. We find here that uh, he did miracles plenty of times in the Bible. He's done plenty of miracles last year, and he's doing plenty of miracles today. Sometimes people are frustrated because they pray and they don't get exactly what they want in the time frame they're hoping for. And we can get frustrated when it comes to our belief in healing. But I'm here to declare to you that we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who does does indeed do the healing. And we need to do this both before we have the need of healing as a preventative tool, as well as keep our eyes fixed on him when we are in need of the physical touch or the healing in some area of our life. Eyes aimed up is profitable both as a preventative healing and as a therapeutic treatment. And James sets forth what to do. When you have someone sick among you. Now, that leads us to the second observation, and that is that healing is not formula based, but it is relationship based. Let me say that again. Healing is not formula based, but it is relationship based. Let's read verses 14 through 16. It says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We love formulas. We love that if we get this prescription, if we do exactly what is said, then we're going to get these results. That's why we go to the professionals. Tell me what's wrong with my car. If we do this and fix that, then we're going to have a good running vehicle. We go to the doctor, doctor, give me some medicine. Take two of these and call me in the morning. You know, we love to have this plan of action and this formula to bring about the results that we want. We like formulas. We believe and we trust in formulas. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. If I do X, I can expect Y. And what we end up doing because of this addiction to formulas and to strategies and plans. And if we do this, we can expect outcome that because we do this, we look at James chapter, uh, you know, five verses 14, 15, and 16, and we find this formula for healing, don't we? We love to look at this as a formula. We set ourselves up, we set our church up, we set the world up for disappointment when we look at these verses as a formula, especially when and if someone is not immediately healed. You see, here we find James saying, if someone's sick among you, you, bring him in, lay hands on him, bring the elders of the church around him, lay hands on him, and the the prayer that's offered up in faith, as someone gathers around this person, will make them well. And we hear those words and we say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I've got this need. I'm going to go to the church. I'm going to ask the elders to pray for me. We anoint them with oil. We lay hands on them and boom, it should be fixed. Because we're looking at this like a formula. And when it doesn't happen, we get all of these questions that say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with God? What's wrong with my formula? What's wrong with the Bible? All of these things said this, this, this. If I do this, 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 then I'm going to get that and that and that. And a lot of people have left the faith. A lot of people have left the church because of formula based teaching and expectations when it comes to healing. The reality is, is that not everybody is healed immediately, even when we seemingly follow James chapter 5 in regard to healing. And we can get so frustrated because we do this and we don't see the results. Within these three verses, we actually find three different relationships alluded to. We find three groups of people talked about within these verses and it's pretty amazing how we can find God's concern about our relationships with these groups of people in regard to our healing. And I'm going to ask you as we take a quick look at these three different relationships that you would have an open heart to ask yourself, how are my relationships with these three different groups of people? How is my relationship with them? First of all, here we talk about church leadership. It says here, if someone's sick, call for the elders of the church and lay hands on them, pray for them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Why would James be concerned about the elders of the church and church leadership? Well, we you know, there's probably a lot more thoughts than this that I could bring out, but we find my brain goes to two different things. You have Accountability built into this relationship with the elders of the church and you've got discernment. And so you bring about the leaders of the church, the trusted leaders of the church to join with you in your need for healing and to pray for you. What you often are going to find is men and women of God who are in tune with God, whose eyes are focused, focused on him, and they can lend insight. They can lend accountability. They can call you into a life of covenant relationship with the church. They can discern what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in your life. And you might have had an experience where you said, I need this healed in my body. Would you pray for me? And you find someone that's praying about something completely different than what you feel your need is. Friends, that's the discernment of godly men and women who are in tune with the Holy Spirit. That's maybe praying about what the real issue in your life is. You see, we need to have these kinds of relationships right in our life if we expect God to bring about healing. So if you are outside of a body of believers, if you are not within a church family, you need to get in one. If you're rejecting and criticizing and not a part of what your church is doing, you're on the outside. You need to get in right relationship and maybe you'll have a chance at seeing healing in your life because your relationship and you're accountable and you are invested and you're around discerning people. God wants to bring healing in your life, but sometimes the healing doesn't happen and you're wondering why. Well, maybe this relationship is not right in your life. We also find here that he talks about the Lord says here that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. How's your relationship with the Lord? You see, the Lord is a lot more concerned about your spiritual life and your relationship with him than your physical need. And he wants to be in right. He wants to have a lordship relationship with you. He wants to have a fatherly relationship with you. And so as you come to the Lord and or you, you apply this formula and you've got people praying for you, how is your heart in relationship to your relationship with the Lord? That's a vital, important question. And that's what God cares about more than anything. And then he also says, confess your trespasses to one another and to pray for them. He talks about forgiveness. And if we aren't in right relationships with this third group, which is the other people in your life, if you are, have got broken relationships all around, if you've got unforgiveness towards other people, it could be standing in the way of your healing Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So it seems here that healing also is concerned about whether or not your relationships are right with other people. Confess your sins one to another because the bondage of unforgiveness is real, and it will hold people in sickness. Um, And yet when when we are vulnerable and we're humble, and we have right relationships, and all the relationships in our lives are fixed, we are open conduits to let the stress of our life release, and we will see healing in our bodies. And so relationship is the end game for healing, and we find that all over these verses. Relationship is the end game for healing. And yet most people come To God for healing, more like they would a genie in the bottle. They're not that concerned about making sure that their relationships are right or that they've got a a proper, um, you know, submission to God's church. Um, They're not that concerned even the relationship with God. They just don't want to be in pain anymore. They want to get a good report about healing. And yet, God is far more concerned about the relationships in your life being. Um, in place. And so when some people come and ask me, why am I not getting healed when I've been praying for it and I've had other people praying for it? What's wrong? And my answer simply is, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's getting in the way, but I can tell you there's something getting in the way. And it's not that God's off his job and that he's not paying attention and that he's not capable. Um, I'm not even saying that you're guilty of something, but there is likely some entanglements that's standing in the way. And I'm going to guess it probably has something to do with relationships because James puts in the scriptures so many different relational things in place. The elders of the church. The Lord himself and others, all of them involved with this healing passage of scripture. So take, take a little bit of time and say, what relationships are not right in my life right now? And start looking at fixing those. Start looking at humbling yourself before those different relationships. And maybe you will be freed up for healing. We also find here, my third observation, is that healing impacts the physical, but it is more concerned with the spiritual and the eternal. Let me say that again. Healing impacts the physical, but it is more concerned with the spiritual and the eternal. James 5.15 reads this, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. In this one verse here, We find two different words involved here, two different verbs. It says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That is a Greek word, sozo. It means properly deliver out of danger and into safety. It's used principally of God rescuing believers from the penalty and power of sin and into his provisions. And so here we find here the prayer of faith, someone's sick. And it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Here we find James being more concerned about whether or not the person is physically touched as he is about spiritually touched the prayer of faith. Over the sick person is going to save the sick, eternally rescue this person. And then we find this other verb, and the Lord will raise him up. That Greek word raise up is egrio, egrio. And it means to cause, to rise, to raise from a seat or a bed, used if one down with a disease, lying sick, will cause him to recover. And so here we find more of a, of a statement about their physical touch. It says the prayer of faith will save, rescue, deliver from the consequences of sin, the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up, physically raise him up. Both of these elements are involved, but take notice that even the one that's mentioned first has to do with the spiritual and the eternal more than the physical. And then we also find that the book of James, this letter... Wraps up with this teaching on healing with a focus on eternity, a focus on salvation, a focus on spiritual wholeness. Let's read it together. Verse 19 and 20. It says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. What we find here is that James is talking to us about, yeah, you're going to feel your need for God to touch your life. You're going to feel the need for healing. And yet that need for physical healing is really a call to eternal life. It's a call to right relationship with God. It's a call to heal the spiritual, to heal the eternal and God wants to heal us physically, friends, I, no doubt about it, but he wants to heal us spiritually and he wants our souls headed to heaven even more. And so if the sickness that you are struggling with has got your eyes turning to Jesus, that disease is doing exactly what it needs to do. But if your sickness and your disease and your ache and your pain is causing you to grow more and more bitter, it's causing you to be more and more mad at the church, causing you to be more and more mad at God, then it is defeating you entirely. It is taking you down a road of total destruction when it doesn't need to. Because here's the deal. Our ultimate healing is going to be found on the day that you die. Hear that. Your ultimate physical healing is going to be discovered on the day that you die. It's going to be a day that for everyone looking at it, is going, I guess the disease won. I guess the disease took this person out But Jesus is going to be looking at it going, this is the day that I healed that person physically completely because on the day that you and I die is the day that we're going to be given a whole new body. And if you know Jesus Christ and if your faith is fixed on him, then you can be assured that you will experience health like you've never experienced it before on the day that you're given your new body. Whether you're um, you know, young or old when you pass away, you're going to be given a body that you can't even imagine. It's going to be the ultimate day of healing for you. We are healed on earth not so much for our comfort, but because it points people and ourselves to the eternal. Let me say that again. We are healed on earth not so much for our comfort but because it points people and ourselves to the eternal. As someone is healed physically, it was done so that we might turn our eyes to Jesus and we might turn our eyes on the eternal. The word sign is used a lot in talking about miracles, especially healing miracles. They talk about show me a sign or give me a sign or they say this person was healed as a sign of something. You see, all the time, these signs, these miracles that we seek after are so that the sign would point to something bigger. You're driving down the road and you see a sign, restaurant this direction, uh, danger this direction, road construction true this, this way. The sign doesn't mean anything if the thing it's pointing out didn't exist. But because the sign is pointing to something ahead that exists, that sign has meaning. And that's the same with true with our physical healing. When we are healed physically, it's a sign of something bigger. It's the sign of the presence of God. It's the sign of a relationship with God. It's the sign of something to come like all of eternity. So when we are healed physically, it's because God is wanting to point you and everyone looking at you to something much bigger. The God of all creation intervening, stepping into the natural consequences of life, and healing your body and saying, I really do exist. And I really want a relationship with you. And more than anything, I want to spend eternity with you. That's what our physical healing is all about. And so, do you have a need for a healing? Are you feeling physically ill? Are you do you have something in your body or maybe even in your relationship, something that's broken, something that needs to be healed? I want to ask you to look at these three points one more time. I want to ask you to consider are your eyes aimed up? Are you focused on Jesus? Are you focused on Him before and after the need for this healing? Keep your eyes fixed on Him. Secondly, are your relationships in your life cleared up? The relationships with your church family, the relationships with the Lord, the relationships with your brothers and sisters, the relationship with your neighbors, the relationships with your kids, the relationships with your spouse. How are these relationships doing? Because these seem to be pretty critical to the Lord's ability to heal you. And then lastly, how would your healing impact eternity? Why would God want to heal your body? How will it impact eternity? How will it impact your eternity? How will it impact the people around you, their eternity? Because that is what our healing is all about. So if you would consider those three thoughts as you seek the Lord and ask for him to heal your body, make sure that these things are also looked at, too. Let's pray. Lord, um, I thank you that you are a healing God. Lord, there's plenty of scripture that talks about your desire to heal. Your desire, Lord, that we would be made whole. Lord, it even says of your crucifixion that it's because of your stripes that we are healed. Lord, that you were bruised, that you were beaten, that we might be healed. Oh, Lord, you care about this. And Lord, there's some of my friends that are listening today that are in need of a healing touch. And Lord God, I pray that the words that you shared with us through James in this letter, God, would take um, a and make an effect, O oh Lord, on our faith and on our healing, O oh God. I pray, Jesus, today that our eyes would be aimed up, Lord. Is there someone sick? Let them pray. If there's someone suffering, let them pray. If there's someone cheerful, let them sing songs of praise. Regardless of the circumstances today, Lord, I pray that eyes would be turned up to you today. Lord God, if there are anyone here that's got broken relationships, with their church, broken relationships, oh God, with you, broken relationships with all the people around, Lord God, that they would take this encouragement and challenge serious, that they would confess their sins one to another, that they may be healed, Lord God, that they would make those relationships right. And Lord God, I also pray today that we would consider how would my healing, impact eternity? How will it impact my eternity? How will it impact the people around me, Lord God? May you get the praise and would people be connected to you because of this healing touch in my body. And Lord God, we know that there will be some that won't experience the physical healing they hope for, Lord, for whatever reason it may be. But Lord God, I pray that beyond any shadow of a doubt, we would hold to the truth that we indeed will be healed completely on the day we meet you. And so, Lord, may we put our faith and our trust in you completely. In Jesus' name.